baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Kate, I want people to text in with their school concert moments. Those, oh, I yeah, love it. Yes. Uh, 651-461-9226. Because tonight I am going to Sam's choir concert. Oh, nice. Very nice. And you, you had a, you had a choir, four-year-old choir? Or, yes. Choir performance yes yesterday yes and so it was uh it was you know this was his second time he well he they have a couple throughout the year but the end of fall kind of winter one is this time of year he did one last year it was his first one last year he was walking down you know the aisle and he blew a kiss to me while they're all everyone else is like you know neatly walking which is you know adorable when you're at the time three um, and then this time, you know, they're so little. Some kids are crying. Like, it's very low-key. There's my son, you know, right in the middle, doing all the actions, smiling, pointing at me, and then they get done, and he decides to repeatedly take a personal bow, um, <laughs> which is yeah. my mom looks at me, and she's like, oh, that doesn't remind me of anyone mm-hmm. when they were little. And <laughs> I think in John's mind, he's like, oh, I just really hope we can share some sports and things together i'm like you know what he's a choir kid i love it i think it's great taking the bow oh my gosh entertainment it's great it as a as a parent those those concerts are are awesome and awful like i remember i remember the recorder concert do you you remember having to play the recorder as a kid I feel like, do they still do that? Because yes, that was do. a thing. Okay, yeah. Everyone played the recorder and you would bring it home and yes. practice it. Just sheer torture. It was, that hot was cross pretty, buns. I do remember You're playing hot, hot cross still buns. Still can play it. Definitely think I could still play it for sure. Nothing more horrifying than a gym full of like, uh, is this like a third grade phenomena? Second grade? It's it's around that Ooh, wheelhouse. It's around it's around that. Yeah, I would say what oh, like seven to six to so, nine or something like so that. So bad, so bad. Good times. My favorite. And whoever really ends up playing the recorder, <laughs> you don't meet someone that. I mean, if you are yeah. good for you. Yeah, a professional. Yes. Were you in choir? Recorder was I? Yes, absolutely. Yes. That that goes hand in hand, you know, with right. the entertainment side, and yeah. Cook, were you in choir? Uh, I mean, you have mandatory jun- choir yeah. in the elementary junior year. Junior high, I want to say I was. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not high school. I'm a big proponent. Choir's great. Music we had, we had great. a show choir. You know, the Coraliers. I had the Cumberbund and the, the whole band. The Coraliers. Yeah, I never oh, yeah. did that. No. I love it. That's Sam. Great. Sam is in a a carolers group. Okay. I gotta say, you know. We tell stories about like when, you know, schools screw up or when teachers screw up. Sam's choir teacher is an absolute uh, dynamo. They have this uh, like it's a volunteer corollers group. 
And so they travel around Maple Grove and they sang yesterday at like the skating with Santa thing at Central Park in Maple Grove. They go to like the, you know, senior living centers, uh, which can you call them the old folks? home? my my mother-in-law was calling it the old folks home. And let's just say my mother-in-law is in the age range of the old folks. I'm like, I don't know that that's what you should be calling it. It's, it seems <laughs> wrong. But anyway, there's, they, they must do, they were at Rush Creek Golf Course. They must do like 40 different engagements. Wow. And I asked Sam, I'm like, is Miss Helstead at all of these? He's like, yeah, she pretty much cancels like all wow. of her, like any sort of social life she would have all month to take these kids and like shine a little joy you're like wow just amazing yeah that is amazing and i mean you know they they already put so much time into it so Mm. i i think it's great we actually had a this weekend you know my kids don't like to hear me sing you know music was such a huge part of my life and so when i sing along to their songs which are terrible they don't want to hear me sing but this weekend they found out that i was they didn't even know i had been in an acapella group you know i don't they're four and two so it was just one of those weird things where you kind of you remember what you did when you see them doing some of the stuff you did growing up and it's it's just special you know to see i feel like i have like like did you give me a CD of your acapella group when oh, you were I'm in Oh, sure I did because you I would have been college. in college. Right. Yes. Um well that well that's what came up this weekend because they didn't believe me when I said, "Well, I'm probably on Spotify somewhere in the dungeon there." So sure enough, I looked up 7 Days Acapella, which is an acapella group at the University of Minnesota, and they had come out with several albums since then but um it's it's there and it would have been we recorded a couple albums when i was there and it was it was great of course i'm a little sad that acapella exploded after i graduated yes <laughs> when when pitch perfect came out like a couple of years yeah. later um but it's great to see that you know kids are still still very if not more into it now we, we so went pentatonics, to a, all pentatonics that, so. yes we yeah. we went to a choir concert with seth we're just sitting there minding our business waiting for our kids moment you know, as one of 60 kids in the in the choir at Maple Grove High School. Sure. And then Seth, like, walks down and belts out a solo. And oh, we're yeah, like solo! We're like, could you have told us that you had a solo? <laughs> He's like, oh, Classic I, kid. <laughs> I, I forgot to tell you. Like, what? <laughs> it was quite a shocker. Was that recent? Uh, what was that? Must have been recently then. No, that, that it was Seth. So it was oh, Seth. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which people then, are looking at you like, oh, you must be so proud. Right. Right. It's like we didn't even know it was happening. You know, and you know that that was a straight up lie, right? He didn't just forget. No, for it. sure, it was a lie. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. He didn't want mom and dad. And did he do deal. a good job? Were he did like, a great job. He can, yes, yeah. he was. He was very good. It was very surprising, though. You're like, oh my. <laughs> uh, one texture got to wear Dickies as part of their uniform back in the 70s. So I wonder if the texture could clarify, because Dickies, of course, is like a workwear brand of jeans. I was going to say, I don't even know what that is. But also, so. I think, yes, like I used to wear a Dickie as part of one of my choir uniforms, too, where it's like a, it's like a half shirt, right? Yep. Isn't that what it is, Dan? I don't know. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah. It's like 
Is it like a turtleneck, but like a... It's supposed to give like the, the appearance of wearing a full shirt, but but it's but really... you got a coat and stuff over it, so it looks like you're wearing a full shirt, but you're not really. I think that's it's like when it you is. guys sat at the anchor desk and you had jeans on. You know what I mean? It's, yes, it's that kind of... I think that's what a dicky. Yeah. It, it it looks like uh-huh. a bib. It essentially oh, okay. looks like a bib. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like an undershirt, exactly, like a half shirt. I can't turtleneck. think of any super embarrassing things that ever happened. I'm sure there wow. was something. Someone as good as know. you can't even think no, of No, I'm sure there were way worse things. They just didn't happen when I was singing. One texter had uh, a one-note, like a one-note solo that okay. they were – this is Joanne from Champlin. She was supposed to play one note, uh, and the photographer was ready, like, to capture it and – uh, she just stood there and forgot to play her note. Oh, like, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I always, God. I was always afraid of forgetting the words to our national anthem. That's a big one. Yeah. I always think I'm just going to get there and right. not, no words are going to come out. I don't know, just because coolest, I've done it so many Coolest times, place but... that you sang the anthem was? Ooh, I mean, I loved singing at the X because not many people get to do that since they have a singer um, for the while. That was just a cool, big venue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did meet a president who was in town uh, way back when, when I got to sing. Whoa. Um, that That's wasn't pretty cool. the national anthem, but that was pretty cool. I was I was a lot younger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was pretty cool. So it's pretty good. Yeah. Did you do you did the axe? Did you do a Timberwolves game or not? I have done Timberwolves, Twins, yeah. Gophers, The Wild. Yeah. I think that's I think that's I feel bad if I'm forgetting someone, but that's that's, that's what I can think of. Do people have <laughs> any level of appreciation for how hard that is, not only just in front of that size audience, but to hear yourself? It's got to be oh, a huge Oh, to hear job. yourself. That, I will say, the first time I, I sang it at, um, uh, I want to say it was the Metrodome. Obviously, not there anymore, but it was for a gopher game. Um, that was probably the hardest one. And, the, I mean, obviously, don't sing there anymore, but, um, and Target Center. The, those two, memorably, are, it is very hard. And I think the key is you can't listen to yourself. You have to know it well enough to be able to sit, like hear yourself singing, you know, that's why the pros all have their own mics, you right. know, ear, sure. you know, ear pieces sure. in so that yeah. they're not hearing the feedback because otherwise you would go really slow. <laughs> for folks that's never, because, for, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Just for people that never performed in that kind of situation, there's like just, and it's just a heartbeat of a delay between when you actually sing into a microphone and when it comes out the speakers and bounces off the walls of whatever arena you're in and comes back to you. There's just enough of a delay there that if you, like you said, don't just know it stone cold, yeah, and you're trying to match pitch, you you can't do it. I'm sure I've, I'm sure I've, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm sure I have messed it up before. I just yeah. can't think of one where it was like so bad that I, you know, which is good. So that far. that is good. Yeah, you don't want to exactly. be a viral video. With that thing. <laughs> no, it's true. Nowadays, it would be a lot scarier. All so, right, Kate yeah. Raditz is with us. We're going to take a break. Uh, two topics for you when we come back. One, TikTok remedies like what life hack life solution uh there's one that doctors are saying this odd hack might actually make sense and second issue for you teachers uh as only fans models how would you feel if your kids teacher if it came out that they had an only fans we'll talk about that with kate when we come back talking with kate raditz on this 
December 11th. Man, Christmas right around the corner. Kate, you told I didn't weeks even to go. Oh my goodness. Are you ready? Okay, so remember I said I was done shopping. But then you get closer and speaking of, you know, choir teachers, you're like you're like, "Oh, there are some people like you get down the list of like you're like, "Ooh, I should get them a gift." Right. You know? Yes. So we are we're kind of at that point where we're like, "Oh, what should we get that person?" And do we need to get the mailman like just weird weird stuff like it's that. True. So, we're at the we're at the easy gift part. Well, but, yes. Some teachers are giving a, a different sort of gift to uh, oh, the rest very of nice us. segue. Well, that yes. guy, that's just professional, professional yes. broadcaster here. Uh, Associated Press story about teachers moonlighting in adult content. Now, I know I'm old, but if you're a teacher with an OnlyFans where you're posting pornographic content. Sure. Like, are you this dumb? Like, you thought... Like, everybody was going to be fine? Sure, Mrs. Uh, Smith, uh, you can teach my kids. And at night, you can go ahead and post your nude pictures. Like, I, I did, to me, it's like, it's sort of astonishing that some of these uh, uh, largely people in their, you know, mid-20s through uh, 30s. They're, yeah, millennials and Gen Z. Like, what are people thinking, Kate? I mean, I, I think there's two things to this, but I think there's this idea people think that whatever you do online should be protected from your job, and that's just not that's just not the world we we've really ever lived in. So, I mean, especially I mean, especially as a teacher, you can't be you can't expect them to say, "Oh, yeah, we're just going to ignore this and have it be fine." But really, I think any company could say, "We're not going to ignore right. this and have it be fine." Um, but also. Maybe if they paid the teachers more, then they wouldn't go resort to this kind of stuff. I don't know. Um, do you think? Do you think that if teacher pay were, I don't know. I think people do do it as, you know, the money is a, part a of it. Hustle but it type yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. It's a side hustle. <laughs> I mean, look, there are plenty of other ways to have side hustles where you're not going on OnlyFans. Mm. I mean, I, I mean, I know you yeah. can. I, I know it's must be one of the easier ways. Well, I shouldn't say. I don't easier. know. Maybe don't know. I'm sure it's hard, right? Uh, no, I don't. The angles, you got to get the angles right, the lighting, you got to post the content. I don't want to, I don't want to cheapen the work and say that it's, that it's easy money. Sure. I just think there are a lot of other ways you can earn a side income that I don't think would make your employer want to fire you, you know? Right. So yeah, no, I don't. Would you have a problem with like your kid's teacher if you found out that they hadn't had a side hustle as an only fan? Like one of the teachers (laughs) in this story she said, like, she didn't show her face. She had a fake name. But someone did out her. So, obviously, like, you know, eventually you're going to get caught, probably. As a, as a parent, if, if they're teaching my kid, it would be hard for me. It, I know. It, would be hard. it is hard. I want to I, I say I wouldn't, but it would be hard for me. I, I would have a I, tough time with I want to be the bigger person and say, like, we shouldn't stigmatize sex work. And also, like, I know that. You can't, like, unsee that. Once you know it, you know it. Well, even if you don't want to attach a moral argument to it, there's a practical argument, right? Exactly. These are school-age kids, and especially school-age boys if it's a female teacher, right? If this happens, 
in the school system where you need to have a certain amount of discipline, a certain amount of authority, a certain amount of you know, buy-in to get kids to do what you need them to do, if this is going on in the, in the background, you've got yeah. no shot as a teacher. You're, you're completely – it just des- destroys any credibility or authority that you have in the classroom because kids are going to be breaking out the cell phones going, hey, did you hear about Mrs. So-and-so? I mean, right. you, know, you got no shot at that point. Yeah. I, I would I, – I don't – I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to say. I don't know. It's I, a, would have a, I would have a tough time. I would have a tough and, time. And you're going to have too. consequences with any yep. employer. They have that right. Well, so. I'll tell you, all these teachers who've been outed have seen their earnings skyrocket on OnlyFans. So, Yeah. I hot, mean. Hot teacher. Then fantasy. quit your teaching job. Yeah, I mean, and that's, quit yeah, your teaching job exactly. and then do that. All right, you tic- can't expect to do both. TikTok, I love it. Do you? Are you on it? Do you like it? I'm. I am trying more and more to be on it i i don't like it but i professionally feel i should be on okay. it um i don't i don't enjoy it i i would not be on it if it was not uh something that's really what the world is all about right now i find so, it very addictive you get sort of sucked in exactly and it's a big time suck uh but sometimes you can find good life hacks on tiktok my therapist told me to eat a warhead whenever I'm feeling a panic attack coming on. And when I say I've never had anything rip me out of the throats of a f***ing panic attack faster, I f***ing mean it. Warhead. So sometimes you learn life advice. In USA Today, check this out. Uh Uh-huh. Because, you know, do we just believe things we see from people on TikTok? Yes, a lot of people do believe it. Mental health counselor Catherine Del Toro tells USA Today there is definitely truth and science behind eating sour or spicy candy to ease anxiety and panic attacks. There you go. It's not the worst. It, I could see I could see how it could work. I mean, I wish I would have tried it back when I was afraid of flying. I'm like, oh, yeah. I could have really have used it then. That's right. Um, this, but, the uh, science is that your brain can only handle one emergency at a time. So I don't know if I believe that. If you, well, you're a mom. You're, <laughs> your, your brain is handling multiple emergencies. Yes. Yeah. Um, but if you have to focus on like that super sour or super spicy, your brain can't give the full attention to the panic attack. I can't say I've ever handled even a warhead. I, I vividly remember washing them down. In, that's what we would do in school. You would actually put them underwater to get all the the sour coating off, and then they were delicious. So I've actually never managed to handle the super, super sour warhead. So yeah. that probably would work. Maybe it does. See? See? Look what you can look for on TikTok, Kate. The Honestly, internet. I didn't even know they sold them anymore. So I know. Now it's, look for. it's still around. Uh, thank you. Have a good week. Yes. Have a good holiday. Yes. Oh, yeah. We probably won't see you until next year. So there you go. Oh, I love that's a great saying. See you next year. All right. Thanks, Kate. It See is four thirty one. We're gonna take a break and talk about an alarming increase in the number of young people with the flu and with RSV. As we get closer to kind of that time of year where you're hanging out with your family and your friends, we have some practical 
advice from an expert at Children's Minnesota. Coming up next on CCO. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Monday afternoon on Drive Time with DeRussia, 437. Glad to have you with us today. Hope you had a nice weekend. Hope you didn't end up at the doctor. Boy, I've been seeing more and more friends with sick kids. Uh, and we're talking the flu, we're talking RSV, and we're talking people ending up uh, in urgent care or in the hospital because we are starting to see some new data from the Department of Health showing, uh, well, what I wondered is, is this something noteworthy or is this sort of the normal winter progression that we get of these these kind of, you know, crud that people get this time of year? And so for insight, we go to Dr. Elizabeth Plaschak, who is a pediatric physician at Children's Minnesota. She's on the John Schuster Cobalt Banker Hotline. Dr. Plaschak, thanks for being with us. Hi, good afternoon, Jason. Thanks for having me. Uh, lay it on me. The new data from the Department of Health does show this uptick, but what what are you what are you guys seeing? Yeah, this is pretty similar to most years, but this is certainly very busy. We're seeing lots of sick kids in the clinic. And RSV and the and influenza is is that the bulk of it, or uh, I mean, COVID can present sort of similar uh, symptomatically, right? What do you what kind of things are you seeing? Exactly. We are seeing all three of those. We certainly are seeing the most RSV, though, right now in the clinic. So what what is this just because people are inside more? Or is this the way that RSV uh, tends to just show up this time of year? Like what's going on? Why is it up uh, uh, ticking upward? Exactly. So the end of October to November is typically when we start to see RSV cases. That's the normal progression. Um, which is what we're seeing this year. Over the last few weeks, we've certainly seen a huge increase in those numbers, though. Now, do, explain RSV, because I th- I don't know. I We dodged it with my kids, so I never had to deal with it. But I know parents who, who've had kids with RSV. Uh, it's not fun. Like, describe what it, what it is. Definitely not. So for adults or, that get RSV or older kids, it may just be a mild cold. You may have such mild symptoms you don't even really realize how sick uh, you are. But in infants, especially babies under one, um, signs are a little bit more intense. So fussiness, irritability, poor feeding, and then really all this mucus leads to trouble breathing. So there is a vaccine for RSV now, right? There certainly is. There are a few different ones out there. There are um, some for adults and, and then an injection for infants. So RSV is the number one cause of uh an infant ending up in the hospital in the United States. So it's certainly something that parents of really young children worry about. And it's so contagious, right? Exactly. It can stay on surfaces. If you cough or sneeze on someone, it's super easy to catch. Uh, what what kind of recommendations? I mean, what are we, uh, are we seeing some of the, uh, I guess, some of the political discussion over vaccinations when it comes to COVID? Are you seeing that uh, affect parents? When it comes to RSV or the flu, do you have to have different kinds of conversations with parents now? 
Not really. You know, people are, are pretty excited to be able to protect their kids about against something that can be be so detrimental and so cause so many problems for their young kids. We're talking with Dr. Elizabeth Plaschak, who is a pediatric physician at Children's Minnesota. Where do you, I mean, w- when it comes to this RSV uh, vaccine, and you said there are a couple different uh, types, like what's the conversation parents should be having with their doctors or caregivers with their doctors? Yeah, so the biggest thing that is in our control, if you are an adult who's eligible for a vaccine, talk with your health care provider about getting it. So you can get it dur- youngest- during pregnancy, yeah. right? You certainly can. And then, so so pregnant women can get the RSV vaccine. And then what about, like, uh, you know, is there, what, what happens after the baby's born, I guess? Great question. So that vaccine works really well. Um, the the pregnant women who got it, the infants born to them are seeing a much lower risk of even seeing a healthcare provider. So just going into the office with RSV and even bigger reductions in having to be hospitalized if they get RSV in those first six months of life. Interesting. All right. Very good. It's not, and this is a lot of this is fairly new, right? So this is sort of new stuff for parents to be thinking about. Exactly. These are all new things this year. Excellent. All right. Very good. So different options for that. What kind of suggestions you have of, you know, so many of us are going to be getting together with family and friends. And of course, if you have an infant already, maybe you're in daycare or whatever. What what kind of tips do you have to really help their kids from getting uh, to the point where they're in the hospital? For sure. So back to basics, prevent getting sick in the first place. Wash your hands, cover your cough. If you're not feeling well, stay home. Uh, the second is to get vaccinated, you know, for flu and COVID and as well as RSV if you're eligible for one. The other thing is to know the symptoms to watch for. So even if it is a a mild cold for adults, this can be a a big disease for for younger infants. So if you have cough, congestion, runny nose, or fever, maybe think about staying home from that family gathering. All right. That's that's always a tough one for parents, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is tough for sure. All right, very good. Dr. Plaschek, anything else you think we should know about? Uh, wash your hands. Get your <laughs> vaccines if you can. Reach out to your provider if you have any questions. I feel targeted. I feel like you're really coming at me with this hand washing. What have you heard? What have you heard about me? Very good. Well, hope, <laughs> hopefully everybody out there stays safe. We appreciate it. Dr. Elizabeth Plaschek from Children's Minnesota talking about that uptick in influenza. Uh, good stuff. Keep those kids keep those kids safe. Telling telling your mom you're not bringing your you're not bringing your one-year-old to Christmas, so good luck. <laughs> good, good luck. Good luck on that. It's 444. We'll take a break. Come back with more on Drive Time with DeRussia. If somebody ticks us off, we want them fired. I, I'm sick of it. I just think we are absolutely ridiculous in demanding that anyone who does something we disagree with needs to be fired. It's too much. It's not healthy. It has a spiraling towards just an absolutely intolerant and uninterested in improvement uh, type of society. These three college professors who testified in front of Congress last week and had uh, such a difficult time saying that if somebody on their campus was calling for the genocide of Jews, that, well, it would depend on the context of whether or not that violates university policies. 
moronic, idiotic, overly hyper-concerned about political correctness instead of being concerned about correctness, moral correctness. Clearly, if someone calls for the genocide of Jewish people, that would violate bullying or violate a policy against harassment. If it doesn't, at a certain point, you say, like, we need to fix our university policies, right? That said, these three uh, university presidents who, who deserve to be called out, deserve to be pushed for better answers, for clarification, deserve to be pushed for questions about what is the role of a university in the education of young people? Is it, is it about creating the next generation of thinkers or is it about indoctrinating people into the way that you think they should think? I think these are valid things to talk about. But what is it? What, why do we always need like our pound of flesh? With this, I just disagree with it. Already the president of Penn has resigned. That's Elizabeth McGill. She's out. The chairman of the board of trustees out. What does this do? What does this really accomplish? Nothing. 651-461-9226. Maybe you disagree with me, but I just think it's it's counterproductive. It makes you feel good. You're like, yeah, we got him. And this goofy representative, Elise Stefanik from New York, she was the one asking the question. And good on her. I mean, part of being a questioner, being a U.S. representative, when you have a hearing like this, is to ask a pointed question that forces an answer. And she asked yes or no questions. All three had a hard time answering. And she tweets, one down, two to go which is just just so childish and pathetic, I think. That's political rhetoric for you, yes. But yes, Elizabeth McGill gone now. Now there's pressure for Harvard's President Claudine Gay to step down. Um, some faculty members are, are rallying to support her. It is interesting to me that, you know, we have seen many, many examples of congressional testimony where CEOs put the foot in their mouth over and over and over. And these people were not, there was no like national outcry for these people to be fired. But today that is the answer for everything. Everything is fire, fire, fire. Why? Because that's politics. We want to fight. We don't want to actually work. We're in the midst culturally right now of what should be a very nuanced conversation about, this conflict in the Middle East and whom we should be supporting and in what way we should be supporting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A valid thing to discuss. There isn't any, and, and that what should be a nuanced conversation gets lost because everybody wants to make it a simple binary. Either you're with the Palestinians because they're being oppressed by big bad Israel, or you're with Israel because they're surrounded by people who want to exterminate them. Uh, and there's a long, long history right. of, you know, Jewish genocide in this world. So it, we want to reduce it to those simple terms. And, and the truth is it can't be. But instead of having that nuanced conversation, we're going to get people up and we're going to ask gotcha questions. And if they answer them wrong, which it's clear she did. She did. There's no two oh, ways no about that. Oh, no doubt about it. Yes. That was the wrong answer. But 
we want to put people on the spot and say this is you made the wrong answer. Now we get to cancel you. By the way, any Republican, you know, whining about cancel culture. By the way, is a complete fraud. After this, uh, probably was before that anyway. But this is another example. You know, the right's just yes. as capable of canceling people as the left is. Let's just be honest about that. Having said that, you, we we seem to be incapable of actually having conversations anymore. As a, as a culture, it's all about are you on my team or are you on their team? And if you're not on the right team, we're going to try and destroy you. And that's not a healthy way to run any kind of democracy, any kind of country. I mean, I don't know if these people are good presidents or bad presidents. I have no idea. Are they good at their job? Or are they bad at their job? I have no idea. We saw them fail at a, a question that should be simple to answer. It should be simple to answer these questions, but I don't see why we always have to go right for termination. We need we need them to pay the consequence. Harvard's president apologized Friday. She said, I'm sorry. Very clear. She wasn't given like the mumble mouth kind of usual non-apology apology. Jefferson Minnetonka. On the city's one plumbing talk and text line. Thanks for calling in, Jeff. What do you think about all of this? Well, normally I would agree with you. Too much of fire this person because they did something wrong. But in this case, the issue isn't just what they said on in this hearing. It's that their campuses are full of young people who see everything in a binary, yeah. you know, way. Yeah. Either you are an oppressor, or you are in, or you are oppressed. And this perspective of not allowing other points of view uh, is a problem. And that yeah. starts perhaps at the top. And I, I do agree. I, I agree. I agree with you 100%, Jeff. Like, we've talked on this show before about the my concern that, and you know, when you get down to an individual class level, even in our high schools or grade schools or whatever, I think individual teachers are really doing their best to educate kids. But the overall discussion around uh, academics, which generally starts from the administration, uh, it is it's a lot of political kind of culture stuff that I think it would be better if we would focus on, you know, what is what what is the mission of an elite university? If you're running Harvard, what is what what do you want to see those students become? What do you you know, is it about kind of making sure that no one's feelings ever get hurt, or is it about creating uh, really sharp, incisive, analytical human beings? Uh, I think they've yeah, gotten away B, from that. I get why people B, are mad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. The, you know, the, it's one point of view, and other points of view are not even not allowed well. on campus. Yeah. And, no, it's you know, true. I'm a moderate, so I see both sides of this, and yeah. it's a problem. I hear you, Jeff. Thank you. Very good call. Uh, Jeff at six five one four six one nine two two six. I am concerned that education, especially at the elite college level, has moved away from really creating uh, the future of this country. Um, but I, I don't think you need to fire these people to improve and and get to that point. It is. 457. We're going to take a break. We'll do CBS News and uh, have local news from Laura coming up, too. We'll talk about the hot new trend of these game show rooms. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.